Good morning everyone. My name is Debbie and I'm currently in my backyard where I'm very blessed to have this gorgeous greenery which I hope you'll enjoy today with me and some bird calls as well. I'm going to be reading two readings. The first one is from Exodus chapter 20. I'll be starting at verse 8 and going through to verse 11. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. The second reading comes from Hebrews chapter 3. I'll be starting at verse 12 and going through to chapter 4 verse 11. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. As has just been said, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies perished in the wilderness? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them, because they did not share the faith of those who obeyed. Now we who have believed enter that rest, just as God has said. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet his works have been finished since the creation of the world. For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. On the seventh day God rested from all his works. And again in the passage above he says, They shall never enter my rest. Therefore, since it still remains for some to enter that rest, and since those who formerly had the good news proclaimed to them, did not go in because of their disobedience. God again set a certain day, calling it today. This he did when a long time later he spoke through David, as in the passage already quoted. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest 
also rest from their works, just as God did from his. Let us, therefore, make every effort to enter that rest, so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. Good morning. COVID-19 has been terrible and an absolute tragedy. But for a few people, there's actually been an unexpected silver lining to aspects of it. There's been craziness, of course, and stress for, for doctors and nurses and teachers, and there's been the tragic loss of life. But for some people, it's meant that busy lives have come to a stop, and for some, that's meant a strange kind of enforced rest. For some, that's actually been good for family life and mental health. Gardens are looking better for some people. I, I know I can't find broccoli seeds anywhere. Exercise is happening more. My dog is loving it and can't believe how lucky she is. Board games and puzzles are getting dusted off. And it makes me wonder if this time will change how we do life in the future. Will the garden still get cared for? And will exercise still happen? Will we declutter our lives and be less busy? Or when we come back from this, will we come back with a vengeance and cram our days and minutes with even more activities to make up for lost time? I remember a couple of years ago on a Saturday at one of my kids' soccer games talking with one of the dads there. On a Saturday, his two kids played soccer and basketball, which meant going to four different places for he and his wife. And it meant eight different training sessions between the two kids each week. Their weekends and their lives were absolutely crammed full. It sounded exhausting to me. Why do we let ourselves get so busy? What lies behind our, our thinking that drives us to live like this? What is it that we're actually looking for? It's like sometimes we actually don't know what's good for us. I remember when I had small kids, they'd reached this point where they got overtired and what they needed to do was, was rest, but they'd fight it. They'd get even more tired fighting it. And the best thing that you could do as a parent at those times was just to stick to your guns and get them to have a sleep. In some ways, we're like that. We need rest, but we fight it. And I reckon this is actually true on many levels. It's true for many of us in the daily kind of weekly patterns. We probably should go to bed, but somehow Netflix keeps us binge watching. Facebook keeps us scrolling, even though we never find anything that's actually interesting anyway. Or we, we should switch off on our weekends, but for some reason we check work emails or we catch up on some work that we've got to do. Or we just cram our weekends so full with activities and people that we're exhausted. Really what we need to do is just stop and rest, but we fight it. But also on a much bigger life-size scale, I reckon this is true. We're looking for true rest in life, holistic rest. We're looking for a peace and contentment and joy that, that we just can't seem to pin down. And we work for this rest and chase and chase after it, but it just seems to run away from us all the faster. We try more things, cram in more things, and yet we seem to have less peace, less joy, and less contentment. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to see that God wants to give us true rest. This is the rest we need. It might not be the rest that we're looking for. We could even be fighting against this rest, but it's the rest we truly need. Today we return to the Ten Commandments. We looked at the first three last year. 
and uh, over the next three weeks we'll cover a few more. And today we're looking at number four, remember the Sabbath, which I find a kind of strange command. It's all about enforced rest. It's all about a whole nation stopping work on the same day together. The, the Sabbath was the seventh day of the week. It was a Saturday. And God says to them, they were to work six days of the week and completely stop work on the Saturday and rest. We're used to having not just one day off, but a, a weekend, which is a fantastic luxury in some ways. But in their world, they didn't have a weekend. They didn't even necessarily have a day off at all. In their world, they'd been slaves in Egypt, so work was constant. So this is a life-changing kind of command. God is structuring their entire nation to have a weekly pattern of six days of work and a shared day of enforced rest. Now, most of us love our weekends, and so this actually sounds pretty, pretty good to us. But this is where things get strange. God takes this pattern very seriously, so seriously that it's actually pretty confronting to us. If people ignored this command in their context over 3,000 years ago, this was seen as a crime against God and a crime against their nation. And like other really serious crimes, people who completely flouted this command, they could face the death penalty, which really changes how you look at it. There's it's strange. There's much more going on here than just enjoying a weekend. It's a little bit like our situation with coronavirus. There's more going on than just the government wanting us to take a much-needed break. Coronavirus has, has brought an enforced stopping of work for many. And if you flout that command, you face consequences. People have been fined for working. Someone who broke quarantine was even imprisoned. Well, for them back then, the Sabbath and, and stopping work was even more serious than our current rules to stop work. Because by working, they didn't spread a virus. But for them back then, by working, they were actually endangering the spiritual life of their nation. Why? Why was the Sabbath so serious for them? Well, it was because of what the Sabbath pointed to. Look at Exodus thirty-one thirteen. God says to them, you must observe my Sabbath. This will be a sign between me and you for the generations to come. And then look at verse 16. The Israelites are to observe the Sabbath, celebrating it for the generations to come as a lasting covenant. This day of rest was a sign that pointed to the covenant, to the relationship between God and his people. You know, a ring is a sign of a marriage covenant between a, a man and a woman. My friend's dad used to tell terrible dad jokes, the worst kind. And he always used to say, first comes the engagement ring, then comes the wedding ring, then comes the suffer ring. It was terrible. <laughs> and not at all what a wedding ring is supposed to be a sign of. It's not a sign of suffering. It's supposed to be a sign of eternal commitment unbroken love, you know, without beginning, without end. Well, the Sabbath was to be a sign of God's relationship with his people. And so to disregard the sign was to disregard everything it pointed to. So we need to ask, well, what does it actually point to? What the Sabbath points to 
is that the life of true rest, the good life for us, is a life lived in dependence and surrender to God. And the Sabbath points to this in three ways. First, the Sabbath pointed them to remember that we are created by God and we're created for rest with him. In Exodus 20 verse 10, it says, The seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. And then God actually gives them a bit of a reason for this. Verse 11, For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that's in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. The Sabbath was about remembering that God made us and he made us to bless us and to do life with him. Second, though, the Sabbath pointed them to remember that they weren't just created by God to do life with him, but they were saved by God to do life with him. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 15, another book, a different reason is actually given for why they should remember the Sabbath. It says, Remember that you were slaves in Egypt, and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. The Sabbath pointed them to remember that God had saved them from being slaves so that they could rest with him. And the third way the Sabbath pointed to true rest was it reminded the people not just of the past, but of God's plans for the future. God's reason for making this world was rest. God's reason for saving his people out of slavery was to bring them to a place of rest. And God's big picture for the whole world was to bring true rest. That's why the Sabbath was so serious for them. It was all about remembering why God had created the world, why he'd saved his people from slavery. And the answer as to why he'd done it was that one day he would bring them and the whole world such a quality of rest and of peace and of joy that, that they could barely imagine when he'd live with them face to face. So the Sabbath was about longing for a greater rest that was still to come. So what's this strange command? What's it got to say to us today? That's what it says to them over you know, 3,000 years ago. But what does it say to us 3,000 years later? We're not the political nation of Israel. We don't live in a theocracy like they did. So does this command have anything to say to us today? Well, did you know all the commands point us to Jesus? They all show us our need for him because they show us that we can never perfectly keep the commands ourselves. That's why Jesus comes to save us. He saves us from slavery to a way of living that, that fights against God, that fights against depending on him and surrendering to him. Jesus surrenders himself to death in our place to take our punishment for our rebellion against God. But also, all the commands point us to Jesus in another way too. Because Jesus actually gets to the heart of what they're really on about. We see this idea in Colossians 2, where the Apostle Paul talks about the work that Jesus does at the cross. And then he says in verse 16, Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration or a Sabbath day. 
These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. See that? The Sabbath was just a shadow, just a sign. And what the sign always pointed to was Jesus, the reality. True rest and peace and and joy comes from the work that Jesus did at the cross. And we enter that rest by hearing Jesus' voice and obeying his voice by putting our trust in him and keeping our trust in him. It's a bit confusing, but if we step back from all the details, what we see is that God so wants to win rest for us, true rest, the rest that we really need, even if we don't realize it, even if we're fighting against it, that's always been God's plan for this world right from the beginning. It's always been his heart for us. So much so that Jesus died for you to make this rest possible. And he calls on us to hear his voice, to depend on him and to surrender to him and find the rest we really need. So I want to get a bit more practical and think through how should this command shape our lives today? And the first thing to say is, if you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus, then what's stopping you? There are lots of voices that promise rest, the weekend, holidays, meeting the right person, getting married, having kids, or buying the dream house with the pool and the backyard. But none of these things bring lasting rest or peace or joy. They all fail to deliver in the end. Jesus says he is the Lord of the Sabbath. He's the Lord of rest. Augustine puts it really well way back in 400 AD. He wrote, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. Jesus himself said it even better in Matthew eleven twenty eight. He said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Life for most people is, is the pursuit of holistic rest. But sadly, it's the pursuit of that rest while refusing to listen to the voice of Jesus. Refusing to listen to the voice of the one who offers us true rest. Jesus offers us a, us a rest that we may not want, but that we actually need. So here's a very practical step for you. Stop looking for rest in the wrong places. Stop fighting against the, the rest that God offers. Surrender to the one who surrendered his life to death to win rest for you. That's what this world is all about. That's, that's what your life is all about, resting with God, knowing God. And you won't find your purpose and peace until you find peace with God. That part of the Bible that was read before says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. If that's you, if you can hear Jesus offer of true rest. Don't harden your heart. Take it. Later, when we fill in the communication card, tick the box that says that you want to hear more about Jesus and and someone will help you take that step. That's the most important practical step we can take to surrender our lives to Jesus and depend on him. But should this command shape our lives in other ways? You know, like, are we still under this command today? Should we have an enforced day of rest once a week. We've got to remember that the Sabbath is just a shadow. 
it's just a sign that, that points us to Jesus. Every single command in the Old Testament law is fulfilled in Jesus. And, and so it would be wrong to hold to this command if we did it in a way that meant we ignored how Jesus fulfills it. That would be like me caring more about a photo of Kathy, my wife, than Kathy in real life. It'd be quite strange, wouldn't it? The way we keep this command is by remembering that we have true rest in Jesus. The Sabbath for them was about having a right view of God and a, a right view of themselves and a right view of, of where everything is heading. And this is even more true for us. We remember that Jesus is the all-powerful creator, creator and we're just limited creatures. We remember that he's the merciful saviour and we're those needing to be saved. We remember that his plan is to return and bring us true eternal rest. When we have Jesus, we don't need the weekly sign. We have him every day, every moment. But even though we're not bound by the Sabbath command in the same way that they were, you might be thinking, but isn't it still a good idea to do things that help us remember the rest that Jesus brings once a week? And the answer is absolutely, of course. Sunday, the day that Jesus rose from the dead, it became the day that people particularly did exactly, exactly that. They would meet together to remember Jesus, our creator, and to remember together Jesus' death to save us, and to remember the beautiful world that Jesus is bringing. And we're still doing that. We're still meeting on Sundays, even right now. Sundays are a great time to do that, both together and, and when we're apart as well, over lunch, over the rest of the day as we rest. They're a great day to enjoy God as our creator and to enjoy God as our savior and to long for the goal that he has for our lives and for our world. But we don't just do that on a Sunday. We go beyond that. We exceed that every day. It's great to remember these things and to shape our lives around them. Every day we rest in Jesus. So thinking practically about this a bit more again, are you living like someone who's dependent on God, dependent on Jesus, or someone who's independent? We sometimes approach life with a hint of arrogance, as if we're not creatures made by God, as if we're gods ourselves able to work without rest. Often we won't stop and we don't want to admit that we need to stop. Often we, we don't remember our limitations, so we skimp on sleep. We don't properly stop work and rest. We seek constant distraction, constant entertainment. It's like we're scared to be alone with our own thoughts or alone with God. And so we reach for the phone or we pack our days off full of activities of people. And there can be a certain kind of arrogance in that. So can I ask you to ask yourself, are you living life proudly? Are you ignoring that you're a limited creature? Are you not taking a day off and resting regularly? Are you never switching off? Part of being humble before God is recognizing our limitations. Have a day a week where you don't look at work emails, where you don't make work phone calls, where you don't thrash yourself with household jobs, where you don't study if you're uh, at school or uni. Remember, we're dependent on God, our creator, and we're just creatures. We need rest. There's another way our independence can lead us to arrogance, though, Sometimes deep down, we don't feel that we need God's redemption. And so we don't rest in his grace. We feel we can prove to ourselves and to others that we're worthy. We've got it together. We're good and capable people. 
We don't come as, as slaves needing rescuing to God, broken and desperate and needing the peace and the rest that he offers. We try to come to him like business partners, negotiating what we have to offer and, and what we expect from him. But we won't find rest that way. God wants to freely give us true rest. He longs to give us that rest, but he gives it to us as God. Are you living your life proudly, ignoring that you need a savior? We need to listen to his voice humbly. We need to throw ourselves on him. And it's this dependence on God that drives us to prayer and and to reading his word. It's what grows us spiritually, whereas pride and self-reliance is the enemy of truly knowing God. And it's the enemy of finding true rest. Rest in him. Listen to him. Pause regularly, daily. Be still before God. Are you leaning on Christ, listening to his voice daily in his word and coming to him in prayer? It's easy to forget that true rest is only found in Jesus. It's easy to get caught up pinning our hopes on the next holiday or the next relationship or the next purchase. We need to pause regularly and remember to look for true rest in Jesus. That's what our Sundays together do, don't they? They, they remind us to live for Jesus, to listen to Jesus, to find true rest in him. And while we don't religiously make Sundays a new kind of Sabbath, The weekly pattern of stopping and remembering it it helps us depend on Jesus and surrender our lives to him more and more. So today, let me leave you with a question. How can you let Sundays drive you to enjoying and depending on Jesus even more when we're together, even if it's online, but also when we're apart?